This is the Catholic Movie Guy Podcast. Well, we are back on the Catholic Movie Guy Podcast, and I promised, um, and I failed to fulfill that promise, a Last Jedi podcast. Now we're hopelessly out of date, but, you know, we're traditional Catholics, so there you go. Bob Bonner. Yeah, we take our time. Everything is in the due course of his will, so here That's we are. Right. That's right, and when the artifacts of our failed civilization are examined, I can safely say that The Last Jedi will be among the brightest lights. Well, I mean, I, if you're pointing out that there's not loads to be proud of, then hey, why not? Why not? <laughs> That's true. So, let's start with... Um, I'm not, you know, no spoilers. I mean, no spoiler warnings. Uh, we're going to spoil it. If you cared enough to see it, you probably already have. And judging by the box office numbers, if you haven't cared enough to see it, you probably won't. So, Bo, what's your immediate, like, if someone's going to turn the podcast off in 30 seconds, what's your what's your synopsis of, of should you see this, should you not? You should see it. The, the caveat being um, a third of the movie is some of the worst Star Wars schlock you will see, but I would say a third of it is maybe the best storyline, at least since Empire, and really just one of the more interesting uh, character examinations. So that's the problem with this movie, is part of it really is redunculous and, and, and no fun, but part of it really is extremely interesting. So yeah, mixed bag, but definitely worth seeing. So yeah, so that is, you know, we did not plan this out ahead of time, but as usual, I tend to agree with you, and I would have summarized it exactly that way, that half of it is my favorite Star Wars, and half of it is my least favorite non-prequel Star Wars. Right. And, you know, let's just get this out of the way, because I don't find this as interesting. I am not an engineer. I was a humanities guy. I'm a lawyer. I was an English major. The nuts and bolts of the Star Wars universe, how does hyperspace work? Right. Uh, that sort of stuff. I acknowledge it, and it does bother me on some level that it's not consistent. Uh, but it's not the most interesting thing. So let's just get that part out of the way to start. There are some things that happen in this movie that I don't think could have happened in the the Star Wars universe as you knew it from the other movies. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, and I mean, you know, this is always a, a fine line. I mean, the longer anything drags on, and I mean... To, a side caveat is like I'm wondering if people have a problem that we keep doing Star Wars because we're going to run into these problems, uh, or are you just going to be willing to roll with some of these punches? I, I think sometimes that's the two big things is people want to feel 15 years old again, which is not going to happen because mm -hmm. you're not 15. And then the other is they want it to be like new and, and fresh, and you're like, guys, this is like what the 24th film in the Star Wars canon so it's not going to work that way so yeah they're going to try to push the envelope and sometimes things like sure that would have never happened in episode six but it works okay and then some you know kind of miss it you know tracking through hyperspace they did set that up in rogue one they they when they were looking through the files of the secret you know empire files that that was a technology they were working on now whether that's enough to satisfy the nerds what satisfies the nerd, Steve? I mean, is there anything that's really going to do that? <laughs> the sine qua non of being a nerd is never being satisfied. That's uh, right. I and and that is one as that is one of the problems. The other problem that a lot of people are having with it is that uh, the use of hyperspace to destroy an enemy aircraft in this movie is 
perhaps awesome. physically implausible. Impo- yeah, but it's also the probably the best moment, well, top three moments of the movie, and it was great. And that stuff, if you're interested in, in the mechanics of that and how it's consistent with the Apocrypha or the uh, Clone Wars, you know, cartoons, feel free. There are many websites, and you can go on Reddit, and you can have a great gale time doing that. But that, right. to me, is not the issue with this movie, That if there is an issue. To me, the no, thematic it... problems are, are, the, are where the meat of the, the criticism begins. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you really wanted to, I'm sure that, like, there's huge nerd defenses on, like, Reddit somewhere. But one would be, like, maybe... Maybe it's not that they're at light speed, but like, you know, accelerating to light speed. The point is, is if I'm going to go Mystery Science 3 or 3000 on you, and if you're worried about other science facts, you should probably realize this is just a show and sit back and relax. Right. Couldn't agree more. So now let's move on to the substance of the movie. I'm going to start with the good, because I think there is a lot of good. And I think the bad, I don't know if the bad outweighs the good or not. So I want to say the bad for the last and we can, we can be critical and fun. The good. I love in a way that is possibly unhealthy. I love Kylo Ren. I, uh, I love Adam driver. I think it's one of the best performances I've ever seen in star Wars and he, he and, and Ray, and then, you know, Luke as the father figure of both, in a way. That, that's the heart of the movie. That's what worked the best for me. And every time that those relationships were on the screen, I was riveted. Definitely. And they could have done more, and I think it would have been better. Um, I, I really think what I really appreciate about this movie is, um, I, you know, Episode 7 will always be Episode 7. It was that first Star Wars in a long time that made you happy to be watching Star Wars again. But, you know, the longer it goes... You're like, there, there's parts of it that were more J.J. Abrams than actually Star Wars. And uh, whatever the director's name is, Johnson, right? What's his name? Ryan Johnson. Uh, yeah, Ryan Johnson. He was more than happy to be like, oh, was that a dumb J.J. Abrams idea? Cool, then get rid of it. So, hey, Snoke, not a great character? Kill that dude. Uh, you know, Adam Driver is a great actor. Stop putting him into a helmet. I mean, you know, he was he, he was really willing to sort of like immediately jettison things that you thought we were going to be stuck with like all through the trilogy that immediately made some things better. So Kylo Ren doesn't seem like emo Kylo Ren. He actually seems like a very interesting, complex character. What would you do if you woke up and thought your uncle, hero of the galaxy, was about to slash you to bits? Mm -hmm. Uh, And then like, but like Luke, right? Luke in a moment of weakness, and he's always been weak, he's always been prone to fear and anger, that's what, you know, the original movie was all about, him needing to let go of those things, Uh, so it would make sense, right, that in a moment he almost gives into the fear, and then, you know, the the best thing he can figure out to do is go live like a desert hermit, and then Ray is thrown into all of this, you know, I just, the, the relationship between those three is really maybe some of the best triangulated relationship, because, Okay, Darth Vader and Luke is a great relationship, and the but the Empire is the the Emperor is nothing more than like gasoline on the fire, you know. He's not really drawn out, so I think this is one of the best triangulated relationships that Star Wars has ever come up with. I agree, and I wanted to go back to something you said about Ryan Johnson's decisions. If you if you go back, dear listener, and listen to our podcast on the Force Awakens, 
I think you'll find, in my memory anyway, if we did a podcast about it, I think maybe we did it during the Rogue One podcast, but the Force, the Force Awakens was like a tribute band, a great tribute band. Like, right. like you know, like, uh, what's the Pink Floyd tribute band, El Monstro or whatever? Yeah, like, right. that level, like, wow. And it was great, you know, but the it, watching it again i mean it's just it, it doesn't it does not have the stuff that will make make it you know last in the way that the original trilogy had so instead they give it to an auteur just like lucas was you know a totally different kind of auteur maybe and they say here ryan johnson do what you want and he did and i think that his choices made it as good as it was and as bad as it was but this choice to uh to, to focus on Kylo Ren is just so brilliant, and the, the snoking. I'm going to use that as a verb now. Just you know, you snoking. make it. Yeah, it's like the sunk cost fallacy. You know, I'm. Right. You got a snoke on your mind, just get rid of your snoke. You know, it doesn't matter how much time you spend on the snoke, kill it. Fantastic. <laughs> I loved it. And this in the scene where they where Kylo Ren kills Snoke in the manner. Some people say they saw it coming. Whatever. I I, I was. I thought it was fantastic, and I wanted to jump out of my seat and scream. It was so good. The throne room and then the hyperdrive battering ram were finally moments again where you were like, yeah, this is Star Wars, where you go, oh my, right? Like, I mean, they were that good. I even like some of his uh, sillier decisions, like um, making uh, Hux like a uh, space Colonel Clank Nazi instead of acting like... (laughs) he's an actual character we'll care about. You're like, no, he's he's best when he's sort of like a whiny, ridiculous space Nazi. Let's not act like we have to take him serious. And, you know, there were decisions that I thought were good, um, you know, and, and like not to get into it, you know, too much, the, the, you know, the, the, the beyond what we'll say with the plot, which the part of the plot that's the most terrible, the thing that I was hoping he would be able to pull off would be something with Finn, where he would make Finn as interesting as he made Kylo Ren. Uh, but I don't, I don't think he worked out on that one, and which, which is sad because, like, a, a turn, you know, someone who abdicated from, you know, being a stormtrooper, that has a lot of potential. And uh, Kylo Ren's potential, he really maximized, uh, but, you know, Finn's, I, I guess you can't bat a thousand percent. So that, that brings up something that I wanted to mention and forgotten. You know, anytime you judge the middle film in the series, it's with some trepidation because the way the last film plays out could make this movie considerably better or considerably worse. worse. Oh, so, yeah. so let's put that to the side. In the same way, I think, by the way, that this film, and maybe it's a failure of this film, I don't know. I think it makes The Force Awakens slightly worse because there's a lot of stuff in The Force Awakens that you thought was meaningful that ended up being red herrings or even meaning you know meaningless like it actually detracts from the force awakens yeah but putting that to the side because we don't know how it's going to end i think that the finn thing is and the whole finn arc is the biggest failure of the film oh, and i mean it's and, it, and it's such a failure it's it's not even like oh that's just like their, their trip to the casino planet i will not learn the name of the casino planet I will not remember the name of the casino planet. Oh yeah, that is that is maybe the maybe it's worse than than the prequels. Like it is so stupid and extraneous in an already stuffed movie. Yeah, I mean it is. It's actively evil. It's horrible. I don't I don't understand how you make a movie that's like two and a half hours long and say like man. Those like horse things, that's golden. We well, can't touch that. I will tell can't you, touch... 
Can I tell you how? I mean, I think I, I think I know how. And this is the this is the biggest complaint I have about President Trump, and it's not really his fault. He provokes such a hatred in the left, and by left I don't mean, you know, Chairman Mao. I mean anyone who's somewhat more liberal-minded, that they lose all reason, and instead of using their artistic platform to subtly and yeah. you know well cri criticize him appropriately. They just have a, a collective brain fart and do yeah. something so stupid like, look at these rich people. I'd like to blow up this planet. You know, like, wow, that's right. great. You, you're just so ham-fisted and stupid that it actually makes them, you know, worse off for their criticism. Well, and that starts to be the thing. I've, I've talked about this a lot with my brother who he's with me that people have been too critical of it. But I, I and I'll say this. I thought this movie was a lot better than a lot of people deadpanning it. I feel like it got to be a little bit too cool to deadpan this movie. No. I'm really worried about the ninth movie because I think the way they really thought like, yeah, you know, this, this, uh, um, Finn and Rose stuff, that's the direction we're going. And I'm like, Oh gosh, if they are, I mean, oh, that would be awful because you know, one of the, the, the sort of tests in a movie is if you go, like, how much time did they need to explain what they were doing on screen because they didn't trust the audience? And, you know, they trusted the audience a lot with Rin and Ray and Luke. They did not trust us at all when it came to – they were like – Look at those people, Finn. They are slaves. Can you believe that they're slaves? <laughs> they are slaves. They're slavery so sl is bad. They're so, so slavery. Yeah, yeah so and you're just like, guys, like, oh my gosh, guys, like, we can just assume the Empire and the First Order are bad. Like, we're we're many movies into this franchise. Like, we're we don't need help conjuring why they might be bad. Right. Uh, and you're just like, oh, uh, that was such a misfire you know i told my brother the only way i'm going to be okay with it if they go that route is um because you know they kind of hint like are they going to say even the you know the first order and the rebellion you know they're sort of old worldly and both need to be you know surpassed i'm like they better go the haitian slave revolt mode then because what i'm afraid like you're thinking they're going to do it's going to be like soft power and love and care bears but i'm like no we need a toussaint we need, like, slave rebellions across the Empire. They won't do that, but that movie would be an awesome number nine. But they won't do that. It would be. And you've jumped ahead, ahead to what I want to focus on as the most substantial criticism, but I want to get kind of these little gnats out of the way here. Yeah. Uh, going back to the Finn and Rose thing, what, what did you think of the decision? Um, first of all, the Rose character. I liked Rose. I thought when she stopped Finn from trying to, quote-unquote, escape and all that, I yeah. thought that was cute. I thought she was great. She stood in as, like, the fanboy of, of all of us, right? Right. Um, that was great. But what do you think of the decision to make her into this incredibly... Uh, I was going to use the word disruptive, but I guess that's showing my judgment already. Uh, like, her decision to stop Finn from sacrificing himself. What do you, what do you yeah. take away from that? So, first of all, this is another comment on Finn where I go, you know that you've messed up a character's arc, when I was disappointed that he didn't get to sacrifice himself because, <laughs> because that was, that would have been the best way to remember Finn. Right. And, uh, and also you, you want to talk about where like you, you everybody's going to complain about some stuff about like the technicalities, but when you crash two planes 
like right next to a big old laser and no one notices you or anything. I'm just like, <laughs> I, I just, I'm like, you, you guys are just asking for it. But um, no, the, what was 30 to 45 minutes of the story should clearly have been 10. I yeah. mean, for two reasons. One, plot wise, they had enough fuel to like have them having a side adventure on another planet that seemed to take hours and then them get back. Which makes no sense, A. Yeah. And then B, you know, my brother goes like, oh, well, this was supposed to be a MacGuffin. It was supposed to sort of like throw your scent off the trail. But you're like, man, that should not be that involved of a MacGuffin. So they took a character that was a 10-minute character, squeezed a third of the movie out of it. And I don't think it's fair to the character Rose. I mean, like, I don't, I don't think she's, like, awful. I just don't think they've gave her enough of a story to warrant how important she ended up being. Yeah, and I, I would disagree with your brother. I've never met the man, but I'm going to vehemently disagree with him and say... Sounds good. It's yeah, it's it's not just... It's not throwing your scent off the trail. Uh, that's like a successful red herring. It's like you you, you bombed the trail with an atomic bomb and you fell in right. and you had to clamber back out again. Yeah, it's I like horrible. that. It's <laughs> I still know where the trail is. Get me back there. I just want to get back on the trail, man, because the trail of the, the triangle... Uh, between Ren, excuse me, yeah, Ren, uh, Ray, and Luke. I mean, I was it was riveting, and it totally narratively killed the momentum. And I just want to make a quick aside about Ryan Johnson. I don't know how familiar you are with his work. I haven't Looper. seen. Okay, yeah, I've seen Looper. That's the only other work I've seen. But uh, yeah, he did a lot of work on Breaking Bad, which is my favorite TV show yep. of all time. And I would love to podcast about why that's Catholic someday. Yes, um, but. I think that maybe his uh, as good of a director as he is of that series, it hurt him here because in a TV show, you have to stretch things out. You have to have A, B, C, D plots. You have five yeah. minutes of this plot on one episode, five on the next. And if you cut up, you know, Finn and Rose and put ten minutes in each episode, you think, nah, no big deal. Or, oh, that's kind of interesting detour. But in this movie, it was an absolute killer. and That's the biggest flaw of the movie to me. I, I agree with that. He he went to TV show with a part that was not even good to begin with. Right. And aside for me to like win my brother back into your favor, okay. he made the point that like Star Wars has a, a fetish with taking characters that should be cool that you want to learn more about and killing them quickly by throwing them into an orifice. So uh, <laughs> so Darth Maul, Darth Maul, we all yeah. really wanted to like see loads of Darth Maul. You yeah. cut him half throw him down an orifice yep. Bubba Fett Bubba Fett we all want to know Bubba Fett throw him down an orifice Phantasma who at this point has <laughs> been so sort of like lauded that we're like well let's learn more about this person what do you do shoot her throw her down an orifice so yeah, yeah, if you're cool in Star Wars stay away from holes and <laughs> mm, I will pass over that phrase without <laughs> comment however that, that, the, the armor that's another little thing like come on what, every every stormtrooper in history, the armor has done nothing. But for for Phasma, it's been it's like you know the shield of Captain America for a while yeah. until she falls down a hole. So there you go. Yeah. Okay. Chrome dome. <laughs> who, who says chrome dome? Since yeah. like calling someone the, the Ninja Turtles called see, Shredder chrome dome. See, Jeez. see, I disagree on this one. Like that to me is Star Wars. It's so corny and stupid that makes me feel right at home. Just like George Lucas wrote it. You know what I mean? Well, okay. Uh, Okay, so, great, 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 great. Other minor criticism, I liked what they did with Hux. Is that his name? I, yes. It doesn't matter what his name is, that guy. 
Uh, I thought that was funny. He was, you know, because in the first one, if you take him seriously, it's like, this is ridiculous. But if you take him ridiculously, you're like, oh, this is kind of cool. But some of the other marvelization of the movie, it it did, not that in isolation each thing was fine, maybe, but as a whole, it did kind of give a Guardians of the Galaxy vibe to certain scenes. Whereas other scenes are the most dramatically serious of the whole series. So... Tonally, it did have a little bit of problems, and again, the length didn't help. I don't think it didn't it didn't transition smoothly between tones. No, the uh, although I really did enjoy uh, Luke being like, "Do you feel the force? That's the force. I do feel it." Then he slaps her with the reed. That was pretty funny. I like. <laughs> oh, it was it was hilarious. But that and that gets me to my final thing. So like, if we're just looking at this like a piece of entertainment, keeping with Star Wars, you know, acting right, all that stuff. I think it was on the whole a very good movie. Okay, but yeah. if we just if we jump into the theme there, and I know that that's this is kind of the point of the thing is the de- demythalization of the Jedi and therefore the demythalization of Star Wars. Period. I feel like thematically this movie is kind of, and it's a middle chapter, so we don't know how it'll end. It's kind of a throwing up of the hands of we really don't know what to do with all this either. And I think that's kind of represented by the, uh, what's his name, Benicio Del Toro yes, character, yeah, who, yeah. who's, you know, like factually irrelevant to the plot, it turns out, basically. But I think thematically stands in for maybe Ryan Johnson, maybe the audience, I don't know. That, like, these both of these sides have their, their issues and there's no, there's no side that's purely good. Do you, do you think they're trying to tell us that that's the case, or is this merely a suggestion that will be resolved somewhat amicably toward the good in the final movie? No, I'm actually... So as much as, like, I will defend this particular movie for people having, like, a rip-roaring time bashing it, I am really worried that they're, like, going totally that way with number nine. And this is what I'm going to say when you, so first of all, one of my favorite parts is to actually get old Yoda back, not prequel Yoda back. Like, yes, that was so cool. Crazy, you know, sort of like desert father, you know, Zen master Yoda who like, you know, subverts all of your expectations sort of idea. And one thing that I have to tell people, right. is like the Jedi are more Zen masters. They're not like, christian monks right so like when, when people try to be like you know well why would yoda say things like the books don't matter and i was joking around, like well he's not protestant ha, but no mm-hmm. he goes you know the books don't matter and like you know oh luke you're not willing to burn the place down i'll strike it with lightning and things like this okay well it's supposed to be more like shaolin than it is you know alexandria a right. but 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 okay i will say this to people's credit if you had what was going on with Luke, Kylo Ren, Rey, and Yoda, and then the B story was something like out of Empire, then you wouldn't worry about them, like, throwing it all into the can. Because all they're saying is, like, look, it's the Jedi coming to terms with the fact that, like, they just, you know, they obviously don't get everything right. The three most important characters uh, of The Last Jedi, Obi-Wan, Yoda, and uh, Luke have all realized that, you know, maybe they're better off in the desert than running around doing things positively. It's an interesting take. Very, you know. Oh, it's interesting uh, for sure. Yeah, uh, and oh, it might know, even be right. Yeah, but, but, but when you it, put that together. Yeah, and, but, and that's the thing, right, is 
look, this is a space opera. You can't be like, I mean, it's going to have princesses and queens and emperors and stuff like this. And if you're going to start questioning that, you really are going to unravel the sweater that you made. And that's the thing with me is, you know, they've changed the rebellion to the resistance. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, you know, they seem to have forgotten that, like, in the first movie, the side that was called the rebellion all spoke in southern accents. And, you know, obviously the two sort of American narratives that they were taking up is the British Revolution and the Civil War. And, you know, they're, they're kind of, you know, they never made like one to one ratios, but that was always sort of this like, you know, rebel spirit and stuff like this. If you're going to like really question that. I'm with you. You might not end up with Star Wars. Right. And does right. Disney want to pull that off? I mean, I, f- I feel like this is a, this is, you know, what, what's being expressed in this movie is a sort of Vatican II for the Jedi. Like, we, 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 and, and, and there was, you know, there was reason to, to question what, what was going on in the church in the middle of the 20th century, but right. it has disastrous consequences, and that's kind of where I am with this. It's like, yeah... There were problems for sure, but uh, you're gonna throw out the the, the bathtub with the bathwater, not just the baby. Well, uh, you know, and if if okay, okay, they could have been, and I don't think it's decided yet. No, I agree. Could, it's totally they, they, open. They could, Ray could be Saint Francis, who is is another reform figure who made the church ask, "What was it doing with all this worldly power?" And that's a very different direction than saying. Ray is Hans Kung or whatever, right. <laughs> you know. It, right, but so, it, but it could go either way. Is all it I'm, could I'm go worried. either way, and I think that like enough of my buddies are really worried, and some think it already definitively went Hans Kung. I don't know if that's so certain yet. I guess. So I read a, a very interesting article on the internet. I believe they call Uh-oh. it a weblog. A weblog. Uh, <laughs> yeah, by a man named Eli Schiff. Who I had never heard of S C H I F F, and he's he's like a you know like a web design design critic I think mainly, but he uh-huh. wrote a great take. I don't know how true it, you know I, I haven't decided on how this is this movie is kind of expressing the the kind of like Thanatos and the death drive of American culture, and hmm. I think that that is a lot of a lot of grist for the mill because. It is. It's like he compares the original Star Wars heroes to like the boomer generation, and then even the prequels are like Gen Xers. They're like trying to politic their way into progressive paradise. Right. And yeah. this movie is saying, oh, "Man, they're all kind of full of it. We don't really know how. We know that the Empire is evil too, or whatever they call it now, but yeah. we don't know what to do with it. So let's just blow this baby up." And I think that in our jaded, cynical time with the with what we see on the screen in the second feature, uh, I think that could be, you know, where it's going. Now, I don't know if J.J. Abrams has it in him to complete that one yeah. successfully or to that end, but it does make me, it does pique my interest quite a bit. Well, yeah, and so actually, my buddy Jared Schumacher, who uh, we've talked about before, that, that I pretty that's pretty he is much he's a ghost he guest of the podcast. He's going yeah. to come on at some point. I just yeah, yes. Yeah, so, so, so uh, um. I think that's his take. Another take that I thought was interesting was to say it's a slightly more realistic, not like realistic, like anything in the story is realistic, but like sort of plot wise where it's like a lot of us 
you know, it's not a easy. It's not like you either choose the dark side or the light side. It's okay. You're a part of the light, and the light is hard to business. What mm-hmm. is it like to be, you know, not a saint like Yoda is, so to speak, in this world? How do you be Luke or Ray and have questions but still keep choosing the light? And I think that there's a way in which you read that, right? Because like Ray didn't choose to say screw it to both houses and join Kylo Ren. She she didn't. Like she didn't take the Martin Luther option. She didn't go start a new religion out of the Jedi Knights. She's just willing to admit like, you know, it's hard and it's not clear. So that's another possibility. For me, here's my big hope, Steve. You ready for the scene that gave me a lot of hope? Yes. Okay, so clearly this movie had, you know, a lot of women in leadership uh, 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 positions. Oh, I didn't didn't notice. Yeah, um, you know, (laughs) and uh, obviously it's doing some of these things, blah, 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 blah. But, okay, there are people who basically refuse to ever watch the movie again because they act like this is so heavy-handed and everything like this. But my my, my contra to that is, but on the other hand, is... (laughs) Poe is knocked out because he just did something wrong and he was wrong and they're going to put him in jail because he's wrong. But then Princess Leia and the other lady who I forget her name are. Doesn't they matter. Are, purple. Yeah, Call her purple. Yeah, purple. They're all mad, but then they take a moment to go like, mm, but I sure love those bad boys. And yeah. like the sort of like heat in the room at that moment, I'm like, all right, Star Wars and its sort of weird story mythos are not completely gone because they all Poe is wrong. You shouldn't just go like fly with your cockpit, whatever. But then you're like, they still like Poe. It's fine. <laughs> okay. I got two, I got two retorts and I agree. But the first point, I think even that right there is, is, is like this death drive thing. It's like we, we are keeping up this fiction about what we, we should be doing, but we know it's not going to work. So, but real, you know, like really, we know Poe's doing the right thing. We should be more like Poe, but we just can't bring ourselves to do it. But we admire it, you know. But like, what's the ultimate answer? But then, second, I, the final thing, I agree. You know, like I agree. This is all very interesting. It doesn't bother me if this were some other movie and they were examining these questions. Wonderful. But, you know, I, I mean, one of the things that Star Wars was never like super great literature. Okay, no. it was it was fanciful. It was space brilliant. Opera. Space opera. It was inventive, it, but at its, at its core, it had a very simple message that everyone can get on board with, and that's why kids loved it, and and that's why it stayed with them to adulthood. And I think that these new, new movies, while they may be better films than those, are not as good myth, and they will not stand the test of time in the same way. Even if they successfully answer these questions to my liking, I think they've already changed it to a point that I don't I don't know if it, if it was it was a good idea. You know what I mean? But oh, I agree. But at the same time, it's like, I, I just, I don't know if we, I, it's, it's the sequel. I don't know if we needed a canon for Star Wars. I think it's, it's not Lord of the Rings. It never was. And I think that no matter how good, I, how much I like the new movies, I don't know if it was a good, a good thing to have them. No, I agree. I actually, um, when I first watched it, I, I definitely knew it was better than uh, Force Awakens. And then I was having a really tough time deciding if I liked it better than Rogue One. And, and But I clarified this, because when it's good, I like it better than many of the movies. Yeah. When it's bad, it's, like you said, I still think I would rather watch most of it than most of the prequels. But I'll tell you this, I actually think the future for good Star Wars films is the Rogue One sort of setup, yep. where they explore peripheries of the universe. 
Um, I'm really sad that they're talking about like making an entirely new trilogy with new characters after number nine. Like I think that has a lot of potential to suck bad. And I would rather like like why aren't they going to do an Obi Wan movie? Like that would be far more interesting, right? Like just yeah. go do an Obi Wan movie yeah. or you know the Bubba Fett movie can be you know interesting. The Han Solo one, you know, like I don't think uh, so. To, to talk about, about your death <coughs> death drive sort of theory. Yeah, I don't know if we're really in the mental place to keep, you know, sub-creating mythical worlds. And maybe we should just stick with, like, little episodes within the old stuff. Yeah, Uh, yeah, um, uh, I'm with you. I think we're in pretty much agreement on this. Or redo the prequels. Like, generally keep them the same. You have been on on that since since the beginning. I totally agree. Some, have someone write who's actually kissed a girl that exactly. could have a romance. Insta- you know? Instead of creating new problems, let's fix old ones first. Take care yeah. of our own household before we start creating new galaxies. I completely agree. So, well, we're, we're at that time where I think it's time to wrap it up. I, uh, I think we can't really make a final judgment until we see the last one. But I want to ask two questions. First, what's your overall rating? And second... Where would you rank this of all the movies? I know that's a stupid exercise, but I like ranking, so please. Uh, man, this is the most conflicted I had because, like I said, I think. Would you like me to is... go first? Yeah, you go first. You can think about your answer as I pontificate. Yeah. I would say like a good hour of this movie was a ten for me. Yep. Another forty-five minutes of it was like seven or eight. And then, you know, 40 minutes, half an hour of it at least was a, like almost a zero. Yeah. So I would settle somewhere in the eight range. That's my, my feeling. As far as ranking them, I I still go Empire is like in a, a tier by itself. Then I would put the, the Return of the Jedi and New Hope and Rogue One. I think Rogue One is worthy to be in that discussion. Then I would slide this in before The Force Awakens because it was way more interesting to me. And the prequels never existed. Yeah, I think that your listeners are going to be mad because I agree with every single one of those. That's, yep, that's... And I, I, I had I the bell. Ding. Wonderful. Yep. Yeah, well, there we go. So, we will... You should uh, go watch it, though, jaded person listening and deciding whether you should go watch it. Like, just go watch it. Like, like it's 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 the Star Wars. It's a, it's a space opera. Like, it is not someone insulting your mother or your the, the you know where you came from it's just the star wars like go watch it it's fine exactly i couldn't agree more so uh we'll let time uh i guess we'll have to wait till when is 2019 we have to wait to find out yeah and, for nine because we got the han solo thing coming up next right yeah, yeah and we'll see we'll see what they do with that but uh either way it's definitely worthy to watch and it, it had a few moments in there that will i will not forget watching in the theater so that's it for this week, Bo. Uh, I think next week we're going to do a very similar film, Three Billboards Outside yeah. of Missouri. Re- really just the same sort of, you know, space opera. <laughs> it's basically the same movie, actually. We'll talk yeah. all about that. Uh, until that time, I'm the Catholic Movie Guy, and I